From the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Monday, July 17th, 2017. Today's show is presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show was also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. At DraftKings, every day is a brand new season, especially during the Major League Baseball season. And it's easy, especially if you're going to use their brand new baseball feature, which is called Arcade Mode. And in arcade mode, all you do, I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You're going to love the scoring system. But really, you're just going to love how easy it is. All you do is pick five hitters and one pitcher. That's right. Just five hitters and one pitcher. And you can turn your love of baseball into cash prizes. Put together a different lineup every single day for a chance to win cash prizes every single night. So what are you waiting for? Go to DraftKings.com right now. Or download their app and play for free by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. I'm not lying to you about this arcade mode, this baseball feature. It literally takes me 30 seconds to fill out a lineup. Uh, it's great. You're going to love it. But also, i got to remind you, uh, you know, I know they want me to pump up the Major League Baseball season and, more importantly, the new baseball feature, arcade mode, on DraftKings. But I have to remind you, golf. Okay, that's right, golf. A lot of people that I know who don't even like watching golf, they put together a golf lineup, especially for the big tournaments. And this weekend, or at least beginning on Thursday morning, it's the British Open. That's right, the Open Championship, the British Open, begins this Thursday morning. And all you do on DraftKings.com or on their app is pick six golfers by Wednesday night. Just six golfers. It's literally, it will take you. 30 seconds to do this, and you'll be surprised. You don't need to watch the tournament on TV. All you do is keep that DraftKings app on your phone or on your tablet and keep checking it. Go on Friday. Go on Saturday. Check it out on Sunday. You know what? Check it out Monday morning to see if you won. But uh, it's easy, and I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends love putting together a golf lineup. Again, just six golfers and this is the big tournament this is a big tournament this weekend the British Open begins Thursday morning get your six golfers in by Wednesday night and again my promo code is good for that too pick P-I-C play for free at DraftKings.com so uh let's get to it on this Monday July 17th as we are smack dab in the middle of summer and before you know it before you know it as we're smack dab in the middle of summer, before you know it, there's going to be football. There's going to be preseason football. We are less than a month away from preseason football, so uh, that's going to be here before you know it. The baseball postseason is going to be here before you know it. I'm not trying to rest your life away, but that's where we stand. Two weeks from today is the Major League Baseball trade deadline, or at least the non-waiver trade deadline on July 31st. So. It's trade season in Major League Baseball, and, and I love this time of year in baseball because you hear crazy rumors. You actually see some early moves. Uh, Jose Quintana traded from the White Sox to the Chicago Cubs, and, and that worked out for the Cubs already. Quintana, in his first 
start with the Cubs, what, yesterday against the Orioles. The Cubs went 8-0. Quintana struck out 12 guys, so that's already paying off for the Cubs. The Cubs gave up a lot, but they needed a pitcher. They brought Quintana in. He's going to help them out. The Cubs are still in a playoff race, uh, so we're keeping our eye on the standings, but that's a big move for the Cubs, and, and that, you know, when we look at some of the trades in Major League Baseball, if Quintana did not get traded to the Cubs recently, the la- in the last week, then he would be one of the bigger names that we'd be talking about here as we get closer to the non-waiver trade deadline. Now, back here in Boston, uh, and, and perhaps perhaps this move is made before you even listen to this show on this Monday, July 17th, but as I record this show on Monday morning, the move has not been made yet, but the move that's reportedly close to being made is Todd Frazier, veteran third baseman Todd Frazier from the Chicago White Sox, is reportedly being close uh, is close to being traded to the Boston Red Sox, and I can't think that the Red Sox are going to give up an awful lot for Todd Frazier. I don't think you're going to be giving up a top prospect, or at least you shouldn't if you're the Red Sox. Frazier's a veteran third baseman. Uh, he hits for power from the right side, though this season the power is down from the last couple seasons. For instance, last year, Todd Frazier, and, and again, he's 31 years old right now, on the last year of his deal, he's an impending free agent. He's the type of guy on a White Sox team that clearly is clean in house. They traded Chris Sale to the Red Sox last last winter, uh, this past winter. They just traded Quintana to the Cubs. Uh, they're not doing anything this season. Todd Frazier, who's going to be a free agent, you might as well try to get something for him uh, if you could. But Todd Frazier, at 31 years old, as an impending free agent, last year... He hit 40 home runs. Hit 40 home runs. He doesn't hit for average at 225 last year, but he had 40 home runs. The year before that, 2015, he had 35 home runs. The year before that, 2014, he had 29. Right now, this season, he has 16 home runs and 44 RBIs. Uh, those are not really numbers at this stage of the season to jump off the screen, jump off the page. And he's hitting a lowly 207. That's his batting average. And his OPS is no good, uh, 760 OPS. So Todd Frazier, he's not having a great season. And, and so because of that, I guess I can, I guess I'll take some time to listen to the arguments from some Red Sox fans that would prefer to not trade for Frazier and would prefer to bring up third base prospect Rafael Devers. Now, uh, you see what the Red Sox are currently doing at third base. And no question, third base is a position that the team can improve on. M- m- for the most part, offensively. They they want to improve on the third base position offensively. I mean, defensively, I think when you've plugged in guys like Marrero and even Lynn to this point, you know, you've had some decent play. Anything is going to be an improvement from Pablo Sandoval. And you know by now, Pablo Sandoval has been designated for assignment, released, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He is gone. Pablo Sandoval is gone. In my opinion, you know, this is not shocking news. Um, And in fact, my reaction to this news over the weekend was, what the fuck took him so long? What took the Red Sox so long? This was obviously a complete and utter failure, right? And, and, And I go back to when they brought Sandoval in, I told you that I actually liked the deal. I actually wanted to bring Sandoval in. I mean, at the time, there was no denying the guy's talent, or at least, you know, when you looked at Sandoval, 
What did you think? You thought he shows up in the big moments. He shows up in the postseason, right? And on the biggest stage in the World Series, he's got the championships under his belt on his resume. Uh, Pablo Sandoval was a guy that I thought was someone that at least showed what he did in the postseason would translate for the most part in the big moments for the Red Sox. And this can be a tough place to play. However, what we what we found out and we found out the hard way and the Red Sox found out the hard way is that they gave the big money contract to Pablo Sandoval after he did everything he did in the postseason, all his uh, postseason magical performances and the numbers he put up and the championships he won. He, he got the big deal, and then he showed up out of shape. Uh, he had injuries, probably because of that. And on top of it all, I think his attitude sucked to go along with it. His attitude sucked, and that might have been the biggest issue with Pablo Sandoval. Look, some guys get paid, they get the big money, they, they earn that big money, and they either shut it down or when they do come to a place like this and you've got to play a 162-game season that, you know what, in this town is probably even longer than that when you factor in we're all over the Red Sox in February, right? When they trickle into spring training, you better be on your A game, not just physically, not just mentally, but you better be saying the right things, if you, especially if you don't show up looking damn good physically, right? You better be saying the right things. Pablo Sandoval wasn't even saying the right things. So this was just as frustrating a tenure for any player, um, for an organization to, to pay a guy big money and then have him show up like this, not just look like that, but also saying all the wrong things and just having a, just having a, a mentality that is just, it's not going to fly here in this town. It's not. And, and, you know, that can build. I mean, you go back to everything that, that went wrong with Sandoval from injuries to the stupid things that he said uh, to how he looked. But then also, what's he like in Instagram photos while he's taking a shit during the seventh inning of a game? I mean, <laughs> like, what, what are we doing right now? Um, that's just how the whole thing felt. But Sandoval this season and even last season, it's like to me, I, I told him many times, out of sight, out of mind. Right? Out of sight, out of mind. Uh, this guy wasn't around. At the beginning of this season, he was. And we saw the defense was brutal. We saw once again, it was on full display, that he could not hit from the right side of the plate. He was not a right-handed hitter. I don't know when he thought he became a right-handed hitter. I don't know if anybody in the organization was ever watching him at the plate in a major league game hitting right-handed. But it was pretty obvious he was not a right-handed hitter. He was a left-handed hitter that thought... He was going to flip the bat and helmet around and get in the right hand as bad as box and say, you know what? I have a little bit of an advantage against the lefty pitcher when I'm hitting righty. It's not, it's not about that. It's about can you even hit righty? And he obviously couldn't. The swings that he took righty would be like if me or you or someone you knew, and, and most people you know, whether it's even if it's just playing wiffle ball, you only hit from, from one side. You don't, you're not a switch hitter. No, you have some, I have some friends that are switch hitters, right? Or at least you got a couple who try it sometimes. But you know the people who try it and you're like, you're not a switch hitter, buddy. What are you doing? Think about it. You're out playing with, we'll, we'll do the wiffle ball comparison. You're playing wiffle ball, you're going to get a game going. Wherever you play serious wiffle ball, you know someone who's great as a left-handed hitter. 
get them to, to hit right-handed one time and taking swings. And it would be somewhat embarrassing. You'd be like, all right, get back up lefty. You're not, you're not already. You'd fix that real quick, wouldn't you? It was like the Red Sox saw Pablo Sandoval hitting righty, and they didn't see what we all saw. And I, I have no idea why that was happening. Um, that, I, I'll never get over that, that he's just not a right-handed hitter, but yet they would still allow him to get up right-handed. That's foolish. But Sandoval was bad offensively. He was bad defensively. He was a fucking slob. Uh, he said all the wrong things. He just, you know, this is a guy that didn't get it. He came to this town and he didn't get it. He got his money and that was it. That's all he got. But playing in this town, wanting to still win, he, he didn't get any of that. And, um... You know, that goes back to two spring trainings ago where he showed up looking like a slob, telling the media on the first day of spring training that he had nothing to prove. Please, please. He had a lot to prove uh, because the year before that, he sucked. And, uh, you know, there were injuries to go along. I mean, it was just a complete disaster. He's gone. But to me, out of sight, out of mind, I'm looking at this Pablo Sandoval move the other day thinking, what the fuck took him so long to get rid of this guy? Who, oh, you get nothing back for him? And you have to pay the rest of his salary? Who gives a shit? Just get him out. He's gone. You're in first place without him. You won a division last year without him. You don't need him. See ya. And me personally, because of that, I don't need a power hitter at third base. Now, maybe, you know, you can make the argument that you need that a little bit more this season because you don't have David Ortiz in the lineup, so you do lack that power. Um, you know, you're certainly looking for some guys to hit some home runs, but me, I mean, I'm looking for guys that are already on this team, like a Hanley Ramirez to go on a second half surge and, and hit for power. It's time for him to stop waving at pitches down and away and swinging and missing, right? It's come on, like, let's go, uh, bear down, you know, give me some, put some balls in the seats regularly. Let's get this done. But if you did want to add a guy and put him at third base, and you wanted to do it for, you know, wasn't going to cost you a lot. You didn't have to give up top prospects. He's just a rental for a couple months. He's a veteran. He's shown in the past he can hit for power. And you look at Fenway at the Big Green Monster, and you think, all right, this is a right-handed hitter that, sure, he's not having a great season, but perhaps he gets, you know, a new life here in Boston, right? He jumps into a playoff race, and, and he's re-energized. Maybe that's what Todd Frazier needs, and maybe you acquire him, and he gives you a little bit of, little bit of pop there if you can squeeze anything else out of him. And maybe he's motivated now, again, with that new life, re-energized, and also knowing that he's going to be a free agent at 31 years old and he wants some type of contract from somebody somewhere. You know, I, I, I don't look at a Todd Frazier trade and think to myself, this would be a terrible move for the Red Sox. In fact, I think it would be a good move. But, um... You know, because Frazier isn't having a great season, I can, I can understand why some people would want to consider maybe going to the kid in Devers and bringing him up. And, you know, I'll consider the argument. But when we do have the argument and we do talk about the pros and the cons and the reality of it all, my ultimate takeaway is if you put a gun to my head right now, I'd say, you know what? If you don't have to give up uh, prospects for Todd Frazier, go out and acquire Todd Frazier. If it's not going to cost you a lot and you're not in a bidding war for this guy and you think you can get him, you've dealt with the White Sox, 
You think you can get him on the cheap. It, again, it's not going to cost you a lot. Go get him. Bring him in. Because, again, the plan for the Red Sox was not to this point to have Devers in the, in the lineup at the major league level, right? I mean, he just got promoted to AAA Pawtucket. But when I look at this Red Sox team and the plan that they've had, sure, they probably, Lynn wasn't in the plan. Um, Morero was in the plan as a utility guy. I'm sure Brock Holt was more in the plan than either of those two players, and, and he should be back soon, right? Um, but really, the plan was for Pablo Sandoval, the guy that you're giving the big money to, to figure it out, stay healthy, and be productive. When he was healthy, he wasn't productive, and then he got hurt again, and then he wasn't productive after that. It's just, again, a disaster. But the plan was Sandoval. The, my, my main point is the plan was never Rafael Devers. So should the plan change just because, you know, Sandoval's gone and Marrero and Lynn are not offensive powerhouses and, and you don't know what you're going to get from Holt when he gets back or how long he's even going to stay back for? Like, it, it, do you change the plan because of that? And, and, and my answer is no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't change the plan. If Devis wasn't in your... Now, it's one that if they're sitting back on, you know what, we had projected Devis to be up. We were going to bring him up by July anyways. Right? July, August anyways. And we had planned it out for him to be a part of this team in a playoff race. That's what we had planned. If that was the plan, if that's what they're saying, then, you know what, maybe you do stick with him. But I have a hard time believing that that was the plan or that would be the plan. I don't think so. I, I honestly don't think so. Um, so I don't know that I want to mess with that because I don't think that was the plan. To me, the plan was for Sandoval to do it. And if not Sandoval, you know, you plug somebody else in like Holt. He's not around. So you got to go with defense, Marrero, Lynn, and they're doing a nice job. They're not doing much for you offensively. Um, but I don't think we should expect them to, right? Or at least from a, a, a standpoint of power offensively, they're not doing much. But again, no expectations there to do that. People now with the trade deadline here in Boston are looking at this team going, you need that power in that position. You need that power at third base. Uh, or if you're not going to go with the power, why not bring up the kid in Devers? Well, again, my answer to that is I don't think Devers was part of the plan. So I don't think that you should overreact in a way where you change the plan to, to, to force the kid into a position that you didn't previously think he'd be in anyways. I'm, I'm, no. I'm not doing that. I don't think you should should rush into that. And I know people are going to point out Mookie Betts coming from AA. They're going to point out Andrew Benatendi. But I think if there's an opportunity for you to go get a veteran for the next couple months and continue the same plan that you had for Devers, to me, that should be the priority. And who knows? Maybe the White Sox say to the Red Sox, we want a top prospect for Frazier. Again, I think that would be cuckoo for them to do that but if they do you obviously cannot give up a top prospect for Todd Frazier but if it's a fair deal if it's you're not giving up much of anything to get him and he's a rental go get him go get him see if you can re-energize Todd Frazier at 31 years old heading into a con you know heading into a, a free agency period where he's looking for a new contract you throw him into a playoff race he, he's shown, I mean, he hit 40 home runs last year. He hit 35 the year before that. He hit 30 the year before that. He's got 16 right now. 
You're just asking for a little pop, and you're asking for it at that third base position. If you can get it for nothing, go get it. So if you're asking me, what would you rather see the Red Sox do? Trade for Todd Frazier or bring up Devers or maybe stick with what you got? I'd say one, I'd trade for Todd Frazier if it was the right deal. Uh, My second, my backup plan of that would be stick with what you got. Because again, Devers was not part of the plan. And, you know, if it turns out you get a couple more injuries and, and you need to do it, then maybe that's where you go. Uh, but that's, I, I just think Devers is last resort. I do. Right now, you have an opportunity to get Frazier. And in fact, by the time you listen to this, the Red Sox might have already even traded for him. So uh, I think that would be the right move, though, if you didn't have to give up a lot. And that's the name we're going to hear. I know over the weekend, A-Rod threw out uh, a crazy rumor where he said on Fox Sports that he said in the pregame show, I think it was Saturday, right? Alex Rodriguez, you know, he's on that pregame, postgame panel on Fox Sports, and they were on Fox Sports 1, and A-Rod said he'd be shocked if Dave Dombrowski didn't go out and make a blockbuster for someone like Miguel Cabrera. And um, I had quoted the tweet and the video and said, wow. And, you know, there were a lot of people who were tweeting me back saying, thanks, but no thanks. Like, all set. Cabrera's got a huge contract. Uh, He's getting old. The production isn't necessarily at the level it once was. Why would you get yourself locked into that? You know, where are you putting him, right? You'd really have to shake things up. He's obviously not a third baseman anymore. Um, you know, what would you do? You'd have to make some other move. Or, uh, and I said this because when, when the Red Sox are playing Detroit not too long ago, Fox Sports is the same network that threw out Miguel Cabrera's name, and they were talking about the Red Sox. And I threw it out in the radio, and people calling in, like, oh, he doesn't play third base, that would never work. Well, I get it. That's why he's called it a video game trade. And, and I, you know, I brought up his name. I said, would there be a way to fit him in? Everybody's talking about a third baseman, but they're talking about a player basically that can hit for power. You know, is there a way to make a move to make another move that would bring in Cabrera and, and maybe play somewhere else? It's a video game trade. But A-Rod brought it up over the weekend, and I don't know. It seems to me like maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't expect that to be a trade the Red Sox make, but I certainly would not be surprised if the Red Sox had communication with the Detroit Tigers for a possible deal that included Miguel Cabrera, and maybe it was a blockbuster that might have also included someone like Justin Verlander. You know, I... I'm, I'm telling you right now, I would not put it past Dave Dombrowski to at least have kicked the tires or maybe still kicked the tires on some crazy blockbuster trade where they would go out and, and try to get that, get that deal from Detroit. The Tigers right now are eight games under five they They're in fourth place in the AL Central at 41 and 49. They're six games out of first place. Um, you know, I, I, I don't see them winning that division. Cleveland with 47 wins. I think Cleveland's going to run away with that. Minnesota, they had their their time in the spotlight in first place, but now the Twins, a game and a half behind Cleveland. Kansas City's two games behind. I just think Cleveland's too good. I, 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 
they were my prediction before the season to win the World Series, right? So I'm sticking with Cleveland in the Central. I think Detroit's got to be realistic with themselves. The Tigers got to be realistic in the next couple weeks. What are they going to do? And what type of moves are they going to make? I think they're listening. I think they're probably even making calls. And if you think that Dombrowski and the Detroit Tigers have not had a conversation, then I think you're nuts. But if you're right, then I'll tell you they will have one in the next two weeks. And there will be some big names that will come up in that conversation. I'm not telling you they're going to make a deal, but I, I think it's, it's, it's safe to say that we know right now Dave Dombrowski, not just seeing his time with the Red Sox, but also his time with the Tigers, Dombrowski, he's up there swinging for the fences. And I have no problem with that. Some people are like so dead set on keeping all the top prospects and making sure that these kids eventually come out and pan out. Well, I mean, you got to look at the current team is is almost filled with some of the top prospects that they've had in the last couple of years, and they have huge roles. Bogots, Ben Attendi, Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts, Christian Vasquez. Um, you know, who am I? I mean, Morero at third base at times, right? Um, you know, let's let's take it easy with the Dombrowski is trading away all the prospects. I don't know. Some of the top prospects are already up on the team. I have no problems trading prospects for the short thing. But I do think that if you're talking about a deal that would send Miguel Cabrera to the Red Sox, maybe a package, a crazy blockbuster video game shakedown where Verlander would be part of that deal. I tell you what, if I'm Dombrowski and, and I'm having a conversation with Detroit, I'm talking more about Verlander than I am Cabrera. That's it. And I guess that brings me to my, my my ultimate priority with the Red Sox is we are now in trade season where the Todd Frazier stuff is real. Uh, we just saw Quintana get traded to the Cubs. You're hearing other names that are out there. But now the trade season has begun, there's a name that, I, you, you know, if you listen to this show, if you listen to me, you know. Like, you know who I'm about to say. And you're saying it to yourself right now. Say it out loud with me. It, it, say the name out loud with me, okay? I know I have my regular fans. I know I have the returning audiences. I know that you people know who I'm thinking of right now, that the Red Sox should try to acquire who is, as reports suggest, can be available. It, he is available right now if you want him. Say it with me. Sonny. Gray, go get him. What are you waiting for? Go bring him in. Don't waste your time with with talking to Detroit. You know, veterans, fine. But Sonny Gray is someone who's under control the next, you know, this year and the next two years after this at at an affordable rate. He's 27 years old. He is on an Oakland Athletics team that is in last place. They're 20 games out of first place in the AL West. And if Oakland is going to take advantage of Sonny Gray's trade value, they might as well do it right now. They might as well do it right now. And I'm when I say right now, I mean like today. Not next week. Not the day of the trade deadline. Today. If you're Oakland, today, on this Monday, July 17th, you are on the phone all day. Why? Because Sonny Gray in his last four starts, is 3-1 and one with a 1.33 ERA. 
His last four starts, 3-1 and one with a 1.33 ERA. He's making $3.5 million this season. Arbitration eligible, again, the next couple years. You have him under contract next year. You have him under contract the year after that through 2019. You're going to have him for two and a half seasons. And who knows? Maybe you, maybe you, you re-up, you sign him to a deal. I don't know. Maybe you give him some right now to, to keep him around till he's 32. I, I have no idea. But this is certainly an aim you should be not just kicking the tires on, but you should be calling Oakland and you should be trying to get him. Okay? You should. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, this team needs a bat more than they need pitching. You saw what David Price was able to do last night against the New York Yankees. Um, got, a little, got a little help from Jackie Bradley Jr. there in the eighth inning with one out and a runner on. Red Sox had a 3 nothing lead in the eighth inning last night against the Yankees at Fenway on Sunday Night Baseball. Eighth inning, runner on, one out, Aaron Judge at the plate. David Price had thrown over 100 pitches. Throws a fastball at 95 upstairs, but you know with Aaron Judge, if it's upstairs, it better be upstairs. It better You better be throwing that thing up to where Dombrowski's sitting, right? Up to where Dombrowski in the front office is sitting. But he didn't get it up there. He got it up high, but not high enough. Judge put a bat on it to center field as deep as you could get back at that triangle, and Jackie Bradley Jr. leaps up and makes the grab and robs, robs. Aaron Judge of a two-run home run. It would have cut the Red Sox lead to 3-2. David Price would have probably left the game maybe with his head down, yelling into his glove. Instead, Bradley Jr. gets him out of that little jam, or, or at least got the second out of the inning. David Price ends up getting the win. Last night, gives you eight innings, no walks, struck out eight, allowed seven hits. But David Price has been great. Lately, and uh, no, it's funny. We're no longer talking about David Price versus the media, and that's a great thing because David Price is going out and he's pitching, and that's all we ever wanted from the guy. That's all we ever wanted. David Price, if, if you've ever listened to me, you know what the message is, okay? All we ever wanted from you and all we want from you moving forward is to go out and pitch like that, especially on the big stage, Sunday Night Baseball, national TV, Mendoza, Jess Mendoza talking about her ghost stories when she was five years old. What the fuck is going on there? Honestly, what's going on? Like, I I don't ask for much. I'm not somebody that sits here every day and complains about her and the job that she does or the job that that crew does. I told you my issue with the Sunday Night Baseball crew. They give you a talk show while you're watching the game. I don't want that. If I want a talk show, I'll go listen to a talk show. I'll go get a podcast. I'll go you know, tune into the radio, I'll turn on TV. If I want a talk show, I'll find it. When I go to Sunday Night Baseball, especially when my team's playing, I want a baseball game. You want to give me some play-by-play? You want to give me a little color commentary to go along with it? Fine, be my guest. But you got three people in the booth that are shooting the shit, and last night, they're giving ghost stories. Jess Mendoza's talking about how she saw a ghost in a mirror when she was five years old. Who gives a shit about that? No, there isn't one person that was watching that game last night. Whether you're a Yankee fan or a Red Sox fan or a baseball fan in general, there isn't one living person that was watching and listening to that going, oh yeah, Jess Mendoza. Please tell me more about the ghost that you saw in the mirror when you were five years old. What the fuck? 
Nobody cares. Like, I don't ask for much on that broadcast. But that is ridiculously stupid to the point where somebody on that boot, in that booth needs to step in and end it. <laughs> I don't mean kill someone. I mean, end the conversation. Change the subject. Instead, you got Buster only. He's sitting down behind first base, and he's... <laughs> The comment he made, his comment back to it, he goes, Well, Jesse, you sure that wasn't you sure that wasn't you looking back at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> and they all laugh and they're giggling, and I'm like, there's a fucking game going on. I don't care about the ghost that Mendoza saw in the mirror when she was five. I don't care. Stop! Why are you talking about this? Why? There's a baseball game being played. And it's a national national TV game. But on that national stage, David Price went out and he gave the Yankees the business. Got a little help from Jackie Bradley Jr. late, but that's fine. Um, Price has done a nice job. All we want him to do is pitch, in the, especially in the big moment, against the divisional rival in a, in a heated playoff race for first place in the division right now. We're on this Monday morning. The Red Sox are in first place. They're three games ahead of the second-place Tampa Bay Rays. They're three and a half games ahead of the third-place Yankees after splitting with the Yankees 2-2 two and two in this four-game series this weekend. But a nice job by David Price. Overall, you got some nice pitching all weekend from the Red Sox. Um, Pomeranz wasn't as good as he's been, but still, you know, the Red Sox were able to win that one. Sale was great, but... You know, you had the the holiday home run that extended that game. It was 16 innings. You lose in 16. On Saturday, Sunday, you lose the first one. Some more tough offense. Porcello, eh. You know, he's having a tough time keeping the ball in the ballpark, but it wasn't terrible for Porcello. You just get no offense. And last night, you got the home run from Betts, and you get a nice performance from David Price. And uh, you split two and two. The pitching was really good. And because the pitching was really good, you might be saying, Danny, why do you want the Red Sox to go out and make a blockbuster trade for another start and pitch it? Here's the Red Sox rotation right now. It's Chris Sale, obvious. David Price. Okay. Drew Pomeranz. Rick Porcello. Eduardo Rodriguez, who's coming back. He's pitching tonight, right? Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, against Toronto, he's coming back off the DL officially tonight. Yeah, he is. Stroman versus Rodriguez tonight at Fenway. The Blue Jays in town. So you have, and they're going to go with the six-man rotation, at least for right now, because you come off the all-star break, you had a double, yeah, you played four games this weekend, but you had a doubleheader yesterday on Sunday, so that still puts Sale in position to pitch on normal rest on Thursday, right? He got... But Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, normal rest on Thursday. So um, the rotation right now is a six-man rotation. It's Sale, Price, Pomeranz, Porcello, Rodriguez, Doug Fiston. So you get six. And you say, why do you need to add another pitcher? Well, there's a couple reasons for that. And, and I'll run through them. First of all, the biggest reason being you can never have you can never have too much starting pitching. You can't. 
I mean, that is something I am going to live and die by in Major League Baseball in a 162-game season where pitching absolutely dominates and will continue to dominate in the postseason. Um, And speaking of postseason, you have major question marks with David Price in the postseason. Still, as good as he is right now, he still has that cloud hanging over his head, which is his postseason failure. It's, It's a real thing. So you have to keep that in the back of your mind if you're Dave Dombrowski. Chris Sale, it's, I mean, look, I guess we don't know how he's going to pitch in the postseason either. But I put my money on Chris Sale being pretty damn good in the postseason when he get there, right? So Sale's not an issue to me. David Price, we don't know what he's going to be in the postseason. Um, After that, Drew Pomeranz, he's a free agent after next season. Look, he's been really good for the Red Sox this year. And he has exceeded all of my expectations. There's some injury history there with him. But at the same time, you know, if he's got value, it would be now where next year is going to be the last year of his deal. And, um, you know, I I think that his trade value must be pretty high right now because he was an all-star last year. And, you know, he's having a pretty damn good good start to the season. There was some... Some bumps in the road early on. He had that little face-to-face with John Farrell in the dugout in Oakland. But you know what? Since then, Pomeranz arguably has been the team's second-best pitcher, you know, since David Price has got back into the rotation and has been pitching well his last four or five starts. So um, Pomeranz has been very good. But, you know, again, he's the guy that hung the curveball to Coco Crisp last year in Game 3 of the ALDS that essentially ended the Red Sox season with an Indian sweep over the Red Sox. So you got to keep that in mind. Rick Porcello, another home run over the weekend. He cannot keep the ball in the ballpark. He has allowed 20 home runs. Porcello has allowed 20 home runs this season. Last year, he allowed 23. The year that he won the Cy Young. So Porcello's on pace to, to allow over 30 home runs this season. That's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, and, and you know, I don't know that when it comes to the home runs, he's going to be this bad moving forward. But I think it's somewhere in the middle of what he's been this season and what he was last season. I think the real Rick Porcello was somewhere in the middle of that. And so I don't look at that Rick Porcello, or at least the guy that we see right now, and think to myself, this is someone that because you have him and, you know, because... You know, he's a, he's a righty. You don't need to add another right-handed pitcher. You got Porcello. I don't think that when I say his name. And, of course, Rodriguez, Eduardo Rodriguez, with his injury history, I'm a big Eddie Rodriguez guy. I think he has all the stuff. He's got power stuff. He's got all the stuff to be a top-of-the-rotation guy. It's just he's he's got major injury history here, especially with the knee. You know, what is he going to be when he gets back? And can he stay healthy? You know, I think you have questions. To me, it's enough questions where if Dave Dombrowski wanted to go out at the trade deadline two weeks from today and add another starting pitcher, especially if it's another right-handed starting pitcher who's not named Doug Fister, I'd be just fine with that. In fact, if you're telling me that Todd Frazier is going to be your plan A at third base and you can acquire him for basically nothing, which is reportedly going to happen, uh, or at least is close to happening, and again, might even have happened by the time you listen to this podcast, I'm fine with that. Then what? You're just going to sit back and say we're good? 
I don't think you can do that. You might try to tell me that the bullpen, you know, Kelly's injured now. Maybe you got to go out and bring in a reliever. Fine. That's fine. Let's do it. In fact, maybe you get the White Sox to give you a reliever with Frazier, and maybe you give up a little more because of that. Maybe. Maybe. I'm cool with that, too. But when you, if you do make that move two weeks before the deadline, you're telling me you have a week and a half, two weeks to, to maybe entertain another move, and you're asking me where do you need to go, what do you need to do, I'm going to tell you quite simply, a name that we're hearing that's being made available, Sonny Gray, is a guy that you need to go out and get if you're the Red Sox. Go get him. And go give up top prospects for him. Do it. I think Oakland is going to not just listen, they might even be shopping him. They might even be shopping him. Um, because you have the Yankees. They have Pineda going down. Who's going to be out for the season? They're going to go after Sonny Gray. You also have the Cleveland Indians who are reportedly in on trying to acquire Sonny Gray. I don't think the Cubs are going to do it anymore because they just acquired Quintana. And at least early on, it seems to be a good move and has worked out for him after one start. Um... But some of the teams that are going to be going after Sonny Gray, Cleveland, obviously. I don't know. Will Houston? Houston might. Houston's got 62 wins. They might as well just give him the, you know, crown him the AL West champ right now. Um, I don't know. One of the National League teams? You know, what does Milwaukee have to give up? Right? Um, what are the Do- Dodgers have 64 fucking wins. Did they look at that and go, we could add someone else? You know, the Diamondbacks, eh, they've already made some trades the last couple of years. I don't see them making any crazy move. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there will be a couple other teams involved. But the Red Sox, I'm telling you right now, the Red Sox should be one of those teams. Now, perhaps the bidding war for Sonny Gray gets to a point where you can't possibly match it. I can understand, especially where you just gave up so much to go out and get Chris Sale, right? I can understand it. And you might have to give up something here uh, to make a move if there is a package deal with Frazier and and a reliever for the White Sox. You know, maybe you give up a little more. But you have to go out to me. If you're Dave Dombrowski and you, you're swinging for the fences, which we know he likes to do, or at least try to do, A-Rod mentioned Cabrera. Get some people talking about maybe Verlander. And, and Dombrowski might try to work something like that. No, 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 no. If you are going to go out and make a blockbuster, then the blockbuster should be Sonny Gray. It should be Sonny Gray. I've been saying this for the last three years. Go get Sonny Gray. When you see a young stud pitcher pitching in Oakland, they might have a year where they surprise and they get to the postseason and and they're contending with a couple young kids. But we know what Oakland does. Oakland's going to do what Oakland's going to do. And they might even tell you they're not trading a guy. Like they said they weren't trading Josh Donaldson. What do you know? Donaldson ends up getting traded to the Blue Jays. Um, you know, I just look at Oakland and think, especially now with, I'm not the only one talking about Sonny Gray. For a long time, I was the only one talking about going out and getting Sonny Gray. Now, they're bringing up Sonny Gray all over the baseball community. Every reporter, national, local, they're talking about him. You search Sonny Gray on the internet right now, Rumors to Cleveland, rumors to the Yankees, are the Cubs involved? Dave Dombrowski needs to get involved in that, all right? And he needs to say, what's it going to take to get Sonny Gray in a Red Sox uniform? And if you're sitting there as a Red Sox fan going, 
They don't need another pitcher. They're just fine. I don't know if you've been paying attention. Not just to the rest of Major League Baseball and what it takes to win, but just paying attention to the Red Sox. Rodriguez's injury history. Porcello not having his Cy Young-type season. David Price being a postseason failure his entire career. Outside of maybe one time when he came out of the pen for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, don't give me Doug Fister. Don't give me that. Drew Pomeranz, what is he in the postseason? What's he going to be for a full season? I mean, Drew Pomeranz last year had a great first half. Had an all-star first half with San Diego. You know, let's see what he is in the second half. Drew Pomeranz. I just think there are questions here in the Red Sox rotation I know we like to think everything's great because Price had a nice performance. He's been pitching good. Chris Sale is someone we have the utmost confidence in, and you should. But I just think, you know, there are so many other question marks in the rotation that if you passed up on an opportunity to bring in another starting pitcher, especially if his name is Sonny Gray, you're going to be looking at a team like Cleveland or a team like the Yankees acquiring him. And I'm telling you right now, there is going to be a situation in August or even early September, where something's going to happen to somebody, somebody's not going to look as good as maybe they look right now, and all of a sudden, the six-man rotation that you're running with, which includes Doug Fister, you know, who knows? there's going to be a hole there, somewhere, somewhere. And to me, to also bring in the right, re- I'm not telling you, you need to prioritize another right-handed pitcher because you already got a couple lefties, you know, you're rolling out there for lefties in your rotation. Sale, Price, Pomeranz, Rodriguez. And you're not counting Fister as a reliable righty, but you can call Porcello one. I'm not saying you need to prioritize a right-handed arm, a right, you know, a righty. But if there's an opportunity to go get one and one who can be a stud pitcher in this league and who's under contract the next couple of years, I don't know why you wouldn't try to do that. And don't give me the excuse that, They already have enough. You can never have enough. You can never have too much starting pitching. And if this is a kid who's being made available and you're somebody who likes to swing for the fences and you're looking to make a blockbuster, the blockbuster should be for one guy and one guy only. Sonny Gray. Go get him. Been saying it for a long time. I'm not backing off that statement. I'm not backing off that belief. I think Oakland's going to move him. And if the Red Sox don't get him, he's going to Cleveland or he's going to the Yankees. Who knows? Maybe he goes to Cubs. I don't know. But he's going somewhere. Sonny Gray's going somewhere. You might as well try to get him. And and I would give up a lot to get him. I would. I think you've taken some prospects. You've moved them up. You've done a nice job of them. They're your core right now. And if you can go out and get Frazier and rent him, maybe he hits a couple home runs over that monster as a veteran right-handed hitter. Can play some third base, get another pitcher to the point where, you know what? If someone does go down or if somebody does continue to struggle, you've added someone that could step in and has the type of stuff to be the number two in your rotation. Why would you shy away from that opportunity? The Red Sox should certainly not shy away from that. In fact, they should do everything they can to go out and make that happen because It wasn't too long ago, maybe what, a week before the Red Sox acquired Chris Sale? A week before, maybe two weeks? Might even been been sooner than that. Um, But the Red Sox acquired Chris Sale. 
And I had Red Sox president Sam Kennedy sitting in the seat right across from me right now in this studio at Beantown Athletics for the Danny Picard Show. Red Sox president Sam Kennedy was sitting in that seat a week, two weeks before the Chris Sale trade. And I said to him, the Red Sox need to go out and get a pitcher. We talked about David Ortiz, losing David Ortiz, and I said, nope, they need to go out and get a starting pitcher. And I brought up some names. And, you know, Chris Sale at the time was a name where I didn't think Chicago was going to trade him anymore. We all talked about him for the longest time, but I just thought Chicago was to the point where they weren't going to realistically move him um, because his contract was good, it was affordable, he was such a dominant pitcher that maybe it didn't make sense for Chicago to do it. But I said they got to go get, I told Sam Kennedy, I said, they have the Red Sox, you guys need to go out and get another pitcher. And Sam Kennedy looked at me and said, well, I think Dave Dombrowski would agree with you. Pitching, 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 pitching. Pitching is going to win in this league, and without it, you're going to lose. And um, then they made the Chris Sale trade, and, and it just went to show you what their belief is in the front office of the Boston Red Sox. And um, they can't be looking at this thing going, we're all set. Our pitching's all set. If you are thinking that right now before the deadline, you are, I got news for you. You're not going to be all set, all right? Because somebody else is going to go acquire the guy that you should acquire. And that guy is Sonny Gray. The Red Sox need to go get him. Can't look at it and say we have enough or we have too much starting pitching. It's, I'm sorry. It's not enough, and nothing is ever too much in your rotation, especially in Major League Baseball. So that's the guy, Sonny Gray. It is trade season, and uh, I'll keep an eye on what's going on. I'll react to every move that is made or that could be made. And um, we'll move forward from there. What else we got outside of Major League Baseball? Uh, again, football's right around the corner. Before you know it, we're going to be in a, a preseason football mode. We're going to be given season predictions. We'll be there before you know it. Uh, I got a couple days off, a couple weeks off that I need in August. Uh, so I, I don't have my schedule exactly for you right now. But, you know, again, before you know it, I'll be sitting here after those vacations talking about, you know, Fantasy football or daily fantasy football. We'll do our DraftKings segments. We got some of that coming up. Um, so before you know, we'll be doing football. We got the summer league in the NBA. People still talking about that. Uh, the hockey offseason, fairly quiet, right? We're not really doing much. You had the Vegas Golden Knights. They had their little draft. Um, you had the NHL draft, which doesn't really get too much publicity in this town. But mainly because the Celtics and what they were doing, they had the number one pick. Then they traded down to three. They took Tatum. Then they signed Gordon Haywood. Then they traded Avery Bradley. And my recent Celtics thing has been this whole Isaiah Thomas. He deserves a max deal. And I've given him a new nickname, The Reason. If you've seen this, follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. You'll know uh, I have been pumping this up. I have crowned Isaiah Thomas with a new nickname. And some people have... They want, to, they want it up for debate. I mean, here's why it's not up for debate. Because Isaiah Thomas himself reacted to it on Twitter and said he loves, quote-unquote, the reason. He said, that's dope. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, he said he likes it. Uh, he, he put it this way. The fact that he would acknowledge it and say it's dope and puts it in quotes, that means he wants it to be his nickname. If the player wants it to be his nickname... 
Why would you, like, who the fuck are you to go on social media and say, nope, it's still going to be the little guy, or it should be this, it should be that. Who are you? If the player himself wants a nickname to stick, why wouldn't you say, okay, yeah, this is good, let let it stick? You either hate Isaiah Thomas, or you hate me. (laughs) Right? That's one of those two things. And I don't have any problem with either one of them. But... You know, I put out a video. I, I worked hard on this video to make it sort of sound like an end, like, and look like an NWO video, New World Order. I don't know. If you used to watch WCW, WWE, old school WWE, the NWO. If you're a wrestling fan, you know who the NWO is. How could you not like the NWO? The original NWO with Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Um, it got too big for their own good, right? We had a couple different NWOs. The regular, and then the wolf pack. It got too big for their own good. And then when Vince McMahon bought it all, NWO debuted in the WWE, Hulk Hogan came back to the WWE. That's right. This is four straight podcasts with some wrestling talk. But only because I put together a video over the weekend, and I tweeted it out, where, and it's like a minute and a half long, where I took my rant for Isaiah Thomas last week on my podcast last week, And I basically, I played the role of Paul Heyman. You know Paul Heyman. He's the advocate for Brock Lesnar, right? And I I put myself in the shoes of Paul Heyman, and I said that, hey, my name is Danny Picard, and I am the advocate for Isaiah Thomas, a player who deserves a max contract with the Boston Celtics. And I put together a video with that rant, with the NWO music. Please go check it out. And uh, feel free to share it because, you know, you do something like that and it doesn't get the amount of shares that maybe you think it should get, but you know they see it. And you know some people are like, hey, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good video. Um, but obviously, they're not going to spread that thing out because what would that do? That would, that would promote my work. That would promote my name. That would promote my show. There's some people that don't want to do that. Um, but I'm telling you, if you have not seen it on Twitter, go check it out. I think you'll be entertained. Put it this way. You'll be entertained if you like either Isaiah Thomas or the NWO. Okay? That's basically it. And as I tweeted out as well, if you don't like either of those two things, either Isaiah Thomas or the NWO, you can go fuck yourself. That's pretty much the only message that I have. But don't be afraid to share that video around. To let people see that video. Um, And again, if you're a wrestling fan or an Isaiah Thomas fan, I think you'll be entertained with that. But it's on my Twitter. Follow me, at Danny Picard. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. I am here every Monday and Thursday. That's the usual schedule. Sometimes we do something, uh, especially during the summer, where um, the schedule might be tweaked a little bit here and there. But... I let you know on social media. Follow me there. Download this show and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. Also on the Podcast One Network, I will keep my eye on trade season in Major League Baseball and all the moves that are made, especially with the Boston Red Sox, and I will react to those trades and to all the rumors. I am out. Talk to you on Thursday.